You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome to episode 46 of The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host, Serena Myers, and this week we are going to be talking about all things to do with crystals. Now, if you are listening to this in a space where you are not otherwise distracted, like driving or doing the dishes, then I'm going to actually suggest that you go ahead and grab a little notebook and pen because I am going to be rattling off some specific crystals that you might really like to explore working with and why I suggest them. And so I'd love for you to have that handy so that if there is a little nugget that you absolutely need to take with you, that you are ready, willing, and off you go. So if you don't know, uh, crystals, gemstones, they are minerals from the earth and they have some super, super, super powerful energies to them. Each one kind of has their own vibration and their own frequency. And they have been used by, I don't know, generations of people in different ways um, and leveraging the wisdom that is within the stone itself, as well as um, the energies. So people who are um, the type who are clairaudient or who can speak to plants and animals and that type of thing because they're able to receive messages, they are probably the most likely to work with crystals because they're able to hear and understand the wisdom and the ways that the stone is requesting that you work with it. However, um, anyone who is um, open to feeling anything energetically can definitely benefit from this work. So you've gone to the crystal shop, you've brought home, you know, a whole bunch of little goodies, whether they're raw stones or tumble stones, and you're wondering, well, this is really great. These are the things I called out to be, but now what in the hell do I do? Here are a few different ways that you can start working with crystal energy. So the first one, um, and what I would actually recommend before you do any of this would be to sit down and actually find out what the energetic properties are for the stones that you have on hand. And if you want to reverse engineer that before you even go to the store, you can Think about the things that you want to call in and then which crystals are most aligned to those traits. There are so many books on the subject. The one that I would, the author I would like to recommend to you that I have as like my own personal resource is Judy Hall. And she has put out so many different books between crystal Bible books, where it's like an encyclopedia of each book or each stone and their categories and their properties. Um, but they all, she also has like crystal grid books and crystal prescriptions. Like basically she has everything you could possibly want to know about rocks. So Judy Hall is the resource that I'm going to recommend to you for that. Okay, so you know what your stones are good for. You've gone to the store, you've bought them, you've brought them home. Now what do you do? So the first and probably easiest thing that you could do would be to just sit with them in your meditation. So they can actually be something that you just have in your meditation room, or you can have something that you're actually physically holding on you, um, whether it's something like a palm stone that you're actually holding in your hand, or where maybe you're lying down and you're placing crystals um, on your chakras or even just laying it on your third eye if you don't have someone to put them all on for you. But just being able to open yourself up because you're in a state of receptivity when you're meditating and then you're bringing in whatever the energy is of that particular stone into your meditation session. And now in a similar way, you can also bring crystals into the bath. Now I want to kind of like 
underline this here and say not all crystals so some of them will be damaged by the water some of them will actually dissolve um, and some of them are actually toxic if you can believe it some of the really most powerful beautiful stones are not very good for us to um, be taking in on a physical level we want to work with them energetically only but for the most part you're able to um, bring crystals into the bath with you and literally just put them in you will likely want to work with a tumbled stone rather than a raw stone um, just because you are naked when you're in the bath and tumble stones are a lot gentler but you can literally just pop them in with you now this is particularly beautiful i would say in two situations one is if you're working on anything to do with self-love having some tumbled rose quartz in the tub can be the most incredible experience and the second is if you're doing any kind of moon related ritual baths which i usually recommend for the new moon having some moonstone in the tub can be really really powerful but again some of them are safe some of them are not so make sure you do your research because this episode is not going to give you the lowdown on every single way that you can work with every single stone but the bath is a really beautiful passive way to receive the energy particularly because you're in a space where you're super open and relaxed anyway if you have an altar that is dedicated to a particular purpose you can bring in um, crystals that will be able to support that purpose as well so you're getting to work with them energetically but also visually because they are a reminder of what they represent one of my absolute favorite ways, and I consider this to be like the ninja of all ways to work with crystals, is to do it in your jewelry. So I started doing this when I worked in corporate. I would wear rings and necklaces and earrings of different stones that had different properties. And the thing that's really cool about this is that even traditional jewelers are working with these stones. So you can find something in like the most conservative, like, you know, typical piece of jewelry that you would wear to say uh, an office or a corporate environment. You can easily find that at the jeweler. It doesn't always have to be like on leather cords where it's a big raw piece and everything is all like hippy dippy or whatever. <laughs> there really is a broad spectrum that is available in terms of products. Um, I really do recommend if you're if possible to be able to find artisans who know where the rocks come from, who are working with them intentionally. But the beautiful thing about this is that you can clear the energy of any of these. I'm gonna talk about clearing techniques in just a second. So worst case scenario, if you buy it from a mass produced like jeweler because it is going to be something that you wear to the office you can still clear the energy and kind of give it a bit of a factory reset i really like to um, incorporate crystals in my decor so i have um, like bookends that are made out of big agate slabs i have uh, a selenite lamp i have um even like bigger stones that can be used as paperweights. And what's really cool about that is if you do work in an office environment where things are a little bit more traditional, when you can find it in like funky decorative um, design pieces that you would have in just a regular office setting, you're now able to have this in your work environment helping you to feel really supported and really chill and uh, not have it be like this woo calling card that everybody has to know about. And on that note, <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this last one, and that is actually tucking your stones. So again, I recommend this more with a tumbled stone rather than a raw one, but I have tucked little stones in my bra, in my pockets, um, anywhere on my person really, because then you're able to hold that energy physically really, really close to you and um, really just it, feel its support. So this is particularly great when it's something that you need um, deep support in but that you can't be really overt about so if you're going into a salary negotiation or if you 
are, um, I've known people who've used them in court battles when they were fighting for custody. So these kinds of uh, rigid situations that you don't really want to appear, you know, super vulnerable maybe, but you still want to be able to invite in these supports. And so tucking crystals, particularly tumbled little stones, is probably the easiest way to do it. Now, the reason I suggest tumbled versus rough, it's probably super obvious, but I have been scratched and reacted to um, some black tourmaline in my bra in the past, as an example, and it's just uncomfortable and it doesn't need to be. Okay, so those are just a few different ways, and of course, there's so many more, but just a couple of ways to get you going for how you can start working with crystal energy. Now, once you've got them, and particularly once you've been putting to work for you, it's really important that you're also managing the energy. Um, black tourmaline is a really wonderful example. It is, um, it's quite a fibrous rock if you've never seen it before. It's got these kind of striations and it's kind of um, banded together almost like mica, but a little bit sturdier. But it's, it can be quite fragile actually. And it's not the only one, but one of the things it's really good for is absorbing anxiety. So particularly when I was having my breakdown several years ago and like black tourmaline was my go-to stone and it was something that I worked with quite regularly but because I was releasing into it all the time and I wasn't then going in and clearing the energy it became quite fragile and I had a very large piece of it that was physically broken by hand and to think oh my god I just broke a rock by my hands like sounds insane or herculean or something but this is what happens when we don't maintain our stones now, there is a philosophy that says like when a stone breaks, it's just done working for you and that you've learned what you needed to from it. And I, I do actually believe that. I also believe like when you lose something, it often has the same kind of energy. But I also think that if we actually are just responsible owners of our stones, that we can get a whole lot more life out of them. I mean, these are rocks. They've been around for thousands of years. We can get a whole lot more life out of them if we are also nurturing them. Think about it. It's like a symbiotic relationship. So they're showing up for you and you showing up and clearing their energy is a way that you can thank them for their service. So much in the way that how we work with stones is not going to be the same for all stones because certain things can work for other, you know, for some stones, but not others. Let's just kind of go over um, some of the catch-alls. So moonlight is the gentlest way that you can clear a stone. So I know a lot of people who on the night of the full moon, they will line up all their little crystals on the windowsill and let the light come in and do its thing. Now, I don't have that luxury because I have a freakish amount of rocks, but for the average person, this is a really beautiful and gentle way. And it's such a nice ritual. It's a really great way to just anchor in that process every month so that you're being really intentional with not just how you're working with the rocks, but how you're maintaining them as well. And then what a lot of people will also do is take that a step further and actually dig in some dirt. So if you live in an apartment building, this is a bit trickier unless you had like a planter on your balcony or something. But for people who have backyards, a lot of people will actually go out and instead of just lining up their crystals on the full moon on their windowsill, they'll actually dig a hole, put them in the dirt. So this is called earthing. This is where the stone is able to kind of neutralize its energy by sending stuff down into the earth and also kind of recalibrating and balancing because the earth has a way of being able to just restore it to its natural harmony. And so when you do that with the potency of the moon at the same time, you kind of get this like one-two punch approach, which is really, really beautiful. Now, the way that I tend to um, manage mine, particularly because I have a very large collection, 
is sage. So you can do this with any sacred smoke. So for some people, it's tobacco. For some people, it's palo santo. Um, some people even will do this with incense, but I am a sage girl personally. That's my big thing. I like to take a moment and just give gratitude to the plant for being able to show up for me in this way. And then I will burn it and I'll actually waft my crystals through it one at a time or I'll pull out my big fan. Um, I have a fan that's made from a crow wing and I will waft the smoke over top of the entire collection all at once. So it's a really great way of being able to quickly clear the energies of a whole lot of stones or big stones as well because some stones are not exactly the easiest to just pick up and put on a windowsill. So having um, a portable way and something that is really fluid like smoke to be able to come through and clear the energy is really, really powerful. Now, this is a super interesting thing. I have witnessed um, and physically held stones that have had a lot of stuff released into them. So for me, it was always anxiety was my big thing that I was releasing. Um, I also knew people who struggled with addictions and they were using crystal bracelets as a way of being able to support them and they would release into them and maybe not clear them right away. And in March, I had a bit of a, an anxiety relapse for a few weeks. Um, and I went to my go-to. So I actually pulled out these beautiful hematite bracelets that had been given to me and I put them on and I released into them for hours and hours and hours while I was having these grippling anxiety attacks. And when you felt them, they felt heavy. They felt dense. You knew, you could tell that they had worked super hard. And in my head, I thought, oh, okay, interesting. I bet you anything, if I was to actually weigh these, they would weigh more. And so I did. I <laughs> pulled out my kitchen scale because I'm a bit of a nerd. And I put the stone, the bracelets onto the kitchen scale and I weighed them. And then I pulled up the sage and I cleared them and I weighed them again. And interestingly, they actually weighed less. Now, when I go back to the conversation I had at the start, where I was talking about the black tourmaline, where it would actually physically break. I have a feeling that when it's holding onto all this excess energy, it's actually pulling the molecules of the stone apart. So it's making it lighter because it's actually becoming more and more fragile. And then when we clear it, somehow that dent, that gets dense again. And I'm not a scientist. Um, I, you know, I did my first year of earth science and I probably sound like a lunatic here. All I know is the numbers that were on that scale and it got heavier even though it felt lighter, which was just so fascinating to me. Okay, so selenite is a crystal um, that is really, really powerful. And it's actually, uh, if I remember correctly, it's actually halite, which is a type of rock salt. And it is a really, really powerful, not just clearing crystal, but it's also an amplifier. So you can get these massive slabs that are not very expensive, or also these little charging plates where you can actually put your crystals on top of this giant crystal, and it will not just clear the energy, but it'll actually recharge them as well. And it's interesting because the next one I would have told you about was salt. Salt is a wonderful way of being able to transmute energy, particularly sea salt. You can get a big bowl of salt and pop your crystals in there and it's gonna help neutralize them. So again, you'd wanna keep that overnight. And again, you could do it with the moon, totally up to you. But again, you're not able to do that for all stones, particularly things that are actually quite fragile or any of the raw pieces that are quite chunky. The salt can sometimes get in there or it can scratch the surface. So crystals like fluorite, for instance, are actually quite fragile. So you wouldn't wanna use salt, but you could instead use the selenite because placing it on the crystal is going to be much safer and still just as effective. Okay, so that's just a couple of things to get you going. Let's talk about quartz. Quartz is um, probably the most underrated and most exciting uh, gemstone. So it's 
it's just clear. It doesn't really have anything fancy going on about it, but it is so powerful. And my favorite thing about quartz is its ability to amplify other stones. Now, there are some stones that will amplify everything and so you won't want to work with it if you're in kind of a grumpy or heavy or sad place or whatever whereas quartz is just really really gentle so it's able to um, amplify other crystals it's a really powerful tool if you're doing prayer or manifestation work because again it has that amplification process it's for us as well not just for other crystals and it's really powerful for just raising vibration in general. So it's a really great way for being able to shift and change how we are feeling about things. Okay, now I promised you that we'd go into a few different types of stones and what you would most wanna use them for. And I've actually broken this down into five different areas, protection, self-love, communication, confidence, and money. And you'll notice I said money and not abundance, and I'll tell you why when we get to there. And so I just wanna give you a couple of stones for each of these to give you an idea of um, what properties you would wanna invite in for each of these areas. So we're gonna start off talking about protection. So I mentioned black tourmaline. Um, it's really tied to the root chakra. So when we are having any issues around feeling unsafe, it's a really wonderful go-to. And um, it's, like I said before, it's been my big tool for um, working through anxiety. It's really, really wonderful for that. Smoky Quartz is another one that's really great for protection. Um, it's really great for past trauma. So people who are working through old hurts, childhood stuff, Smoky Quartz can be a wonderful transmuter for that. Now, Malachite is one of the ones that I was talking about before. So it's really, really great for absorbing negative energies but it also amplifies a lot of things. So you wanna be mindful about how you work with Malachite, but it is really great for people who are particularly wanting to expand in their spiritual growth, but they're fearful about what's gonna come. So they wanna feel protected, but they also wanna expand. And so Malachite can be a really great support for them. And um, the last one, and this is gonna expand on that same idea, is fluorite. So again, it's one that's gonna help people who um, are worried about any kind of vulnerabilities when they're in the spiritual realms, so any kind of psychic attack and that type of thing. So fluorite can be a really great space so that they can feel really protected so they can then access the wisdom of these other realms without it you know, coming at any kind of expense. The number one stone that most people know for self-love, I even mentioned when we was talking about baths before, is rose quartz. So it's the pink version of the quartz stone. It is really, really beautiful on self-love and acceptance. And it also really strengthens our empathic muscles. So it helps us to be sensitive, but to recognize the strength in that. And carnelian is another really beautiful stone for that. It helps us just have a positive outcome and positive outlook in life. And it helps us to really kind of rewire our negative conditioning. So if we are undoing old belief systems and old patterns, carnelian is a wonderful um, way to step into that. And you can see how that applies to self-love because the things that we maybe don't like about ourselves are tied to those old stories and those old conditionings. And carnelian can help us to kind of reprogram that. So Amazonite is a really powerful stone because it helps us to balance our masculine and feminine sides. And it also helps us to show up as a whole and complete person so that we're not really abusing either the feminine or the masculine, where we're able to come from this balanced state. So it has a real gift for being able to soothe um, old emotional traumas so that we're not being governed by our worries and our fear. 
And then the last one that I've got here around self-love is rhodochrosite. It's this kind of pinky stone. It's really beautiful. And it's really holding the energies of love and compassion. So not just for ourselves, but for the world. But it's really important for self-love work as well. So it's really great, particularly if we have old stories of feeling like we are unloved or unworthy and we're looking to create a new reality for ourselves, then that is the perfect stone to work with. Now, when I was looking at communication stones, I wanted to make sure that I was tailoring it towards spiritual communication. So connecting with your guides, your own intuition, and so on. The first one I already mentioned when we were talking about clearing energies, and that is selenite. It's a stone that's tied to all the higher chakras. It really helps to link your light body, and it is a wisdom keeper. So it's holding the imprint of everything that has happened in the world. And so when we're doing this deep psychic work, selenite is your absolute best friend. And I would say like really, really close runner up would probably be amethyst. So it's that real nice blend of the intuitive and logic and common sense. So it's making sure that it's earth to ethers. Both are really grounded together. It helps us to open up our intuition and our divine connection. And it can actually also support us if we wanted to explore realms of dream work or astral travel. But it's that real practical and still spiritual stone all kind of rolled into one. And the next one I want to talk about is aquamarine, which is one of my favorite gemstones. It is really tied to the throat chakra and our ability to speak truth. So when we apply that to spiritual communication, we want to make sure that we are channeling the whole message. We're not filtering. We're showing up um, as an open channel, not as like an interpreter is the big difference. And so aquamarine can really, really support that. It's also really great for people who um, are quite sensitive and having a hard time articulating their needs. So it can really, really nourish um, that within ourselves too. So that's kind of just an added bonus. Celestite is a beautiful stone that will help you connect with the angels and the celestial realms. So if you're working with those higher energies, so angels and ascended masters, celestite can be a beautiful stone to be able to help you tap in. It also helps us to build that trust muscle so that we're not just receiving this divine infinite wisdom, uh, but we're able to trust the connection that we have to it and trust the messages that are coming through. Okay, deep breath. I'm kind of machine gunning these at you here. I'm sorry. I do want to be mindful of the time, but we got four more stones that are for confidence. So the first one is tiger's eye, which is not just a protective stone, but also brings out our own integrity. And it helps us to resolve those kind of inner conflicts when we, you know, aren't really showing up fully aligned. Tiger's eye is a loving way to call ourselves out for that. Hematite is a great stone for helping us to feel really grounded and really composed. And so it can kind of power up our self-esteem. Lapis lazuli is a really, really beautiful stone because it teaches us to just take life by the horns. It's really about taking charge and creating your own destiny and it reveals our inner truth and it amplifies our self-awareness. So once we know better, we can do better. And Lapis really like helps unlock that. And then the last one, oh man, I love the stone, is Citrine. And Citrine, it's going to come up again in the next section. But it is so juicy. It's tied to the solar plexus, which is our personal power center. So if you are lacking courage, you need a confidence boost, citrine is a really, really beautiful stone to work with. And it's one that's pretty readily accessible in jewelry. So if it is something, if you are someone who's going into something like a job interview, and you're looking for a way of being able to incorporate some crystal energy as an extra little boost, citrine should be your go to. 
Now I talked before about money and I said that there was a distinction between money and abundance. When we set the intention for abundance because we're uncomfortable with the word money, the universe is very literal. So when we call in abundance, we're just calling in a lot. It could be a lot of uh, connections. It could be a lot of opportunities. It could be a lot of uh, wasted time. Honestly, it could be a lot of anything. Whereas when we can get comfortable with the term money and we don't need any euphemisms for it, then it gets a lot easier for the universe to hand some over. So like I said, citrine is a number one here uh, for money. It helps us to manifest and attract wealth and success. And it's kind of a good luck stone in general. So it just brings a lot of good stuff our way. But if you're an entrepreneur, it's also really tied to creativity. So that gets us to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more innovative in how we are able to bring in cash. Moonstone is a beautiful stone working for money, which sounds a little bit weird because wouldn't it be for moon stuff? And yes, that too. However, it really taps into the divine feminine, which is again, that creative aspect, that receptive aspect of ourselves where we're able to access divine downloads and then turn them into opportunities. Pyrite, which is also known as fool's gold, is a beautiful stone for entrepreneurs. It helps to block inertia, it taps into new money-making ideas, and it really busts imposter syndrome. I cannot recommend pyrite enough. So this is more the stone that's about making money rather than just manifesting it. And then lastly, whew, we have done so many of these. Lastly, we've got aventurine. So aventurine is this beautiful and protective stone that's tied with prosperity. So it's about bringing the money in, but also keeping it. So keeping our money safe and helping us to be smarter about how we use our money. So it encourages, encourages us to be heart-centered leaders and that if we have old stories and programming around money is evil or um, money is only for, <laughs> my old one was money is only for bastards, then we're able to rewrite the stories and develop new, healthier versions of these truths. Or I guess of truths at all. Anyways, this was super quick and dirty. Um, long episode for me, but short in terms of like how wide this topic actually goes. But I hope this at least kind of whets your appetite. If you are somebody who has been like curious about crystals, but you weren't really sure, um, if this has sparked an interest for you, then yes, go out to your local crystal shop and dig in. A lot of them will actually have crystal books on hand so you can look up the properties of what the stones are all about. But if they don't, what I actually recommend that you do is to set a budget before you go because it's easy to get a little bit hog wild when you're in there. But I often like the energy to lead the way. So I allow the crystals to call out to me and then I would choose one that's within my budget. And then I like to take it home and then read about it, which sounds like a bit of a backwards approach, but it's almost like using the crystal as an oracle. So I know that I'm being drawn to such and such a stone. I take it home, I do my homework, and then I find out, oh, right, well, yes, these are the things that I'm working on in my life right now, and this happens to support that. And I always say the body always knows and the energy never lies. So when you can do that, you actually get to learn a whole lot about yourself just by being open to the process. Okay, that was a ton of information. I hope I didn't blow your mind. If you wanna talk about crystals and gems or energy or any of these things, honestly, please join my community, The Lightwalker's Path, same name as this podcast. It's a Facebook group 
And um, we're all about having honest conversations about what it means to be a, to be a spiritual person, living a spiritual life in this particular time. And I would absolutely love to have you be part of the conversation. We'll see you again next week.